I was not afraid that I should go like bankrupt because we had a lot of assets to sell. But it is more that I felt I had failed for all the people. The hardest thing I think we will ever go through mm. uh, in our business, like hospitality, it can't get any worse. The Stordale family owns the Nordic's number one hotel chain, Nordic Choice, and other investments in real estate and hospitality. And its founder, Petter Stordalen, has been called the Richard Branson of the Nordics. I've done every shit you can imagine. <laughs> and I've done like Houdini's water torture cell in front of 3,000 people. Known for spectacular entrances, Petter started selling strawberries at 12 in his hometown in Norway, but it was the first purchase of a small hotel that would set the stage for building a hospitality empire. You ran I mean, down a building? Yeah, I ran down a building 78 meters high without any security thing. And I remember every time we have openings, me and my brothers are just like, is this going to be the time when he actually like dies? <laughs> his daughter Emilia lived abroad for many years, but now leads marketing and the key projects at Nordic Choice in an industry that had unique challenges during the pandemic. We break down some of the important steps in going from small-scale entrepreneurship to becoming industry leaders and how they managed through an existential crisis. The most brutal thing by far was to lay off friends, like people that had worked for me for 10 years. I think I had some thousand articles about me supposed to go down. Stockholm is kind of your second home, right? You're, you're here pretty often. Yeah, so for me, I I'm think I am in Sweden nearly half of the year yeah. and the rest in Oslo. Uh, but we have a headquarter in Sweden as well. So I love Stockholm. It's actually, if I didn't have my family in Oslo, I would live in Stockholm. I just love the city. Why? It's vibrant. It's, uh, it's uh, it, I, I don't know. It's, and it's beautiful. And uh, no, I just loved it from the first time I arrived. And that must be 20 years ago. Wow. So. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's so, uh, you know, some people say that Stockholm is the capital of Northern Europe. And I just feel like that's 100% true. Everything is just a little bigger, a little cooler, uh, more innovative. So, uh, and I also found myself a Swedish. We both have Swedish <laughs> partners. So. Here, here you yeah. see a yeah. Swede in a Norwegian body. <laughs> so we're like, I feel like our family is like merging, uh, merging into Sweden. <laughs> That's interesting. And we have known each other for a while. We mm -hmm. actually met here through mutual friends in Stockholm. This is the first time we meet. Mm -hmm. uh, what does a Swede in a Norwegian body mean? That means that uh, most of... I love to work with Swedes. I love the way they work. Um, and for me, Sweden has been absolutely uh, uh, a place where I've done most business. And it's probably one of the few countries left that uh, still you can find a handshake is a handshake. And they're honest... Uh, and so uh, I feel, sometimes I feel 50% uh, Swedish. Yeah. And for in the future, we will invest more in Sweden in the rest of the Nordics together. Uh, I have to ask you, like, how, how do you feel right now? It must be crazy to come out of the pandemic. Uh, before we dive into, you know, your background and everything, like, how, what is your feeling in your, in your uh, body? I mean, in your bodies? when you have gone through hell... For nearly two years, um, it's like I don't know how I can describe the feeling. It's uh, euphoric. 
euphoric. Uh, yeah. euphoric. Uh, that's the thing. I did send Emily to the best schools in the world, uh, and and you know what? She is so perfect in English, and I'm not. No, but don't I'll say that. English no, people no, are going to feel. I feel it's like it's more than just uh, the energy, the enthusiasm. Um, it's just like if you had something. I was not there in the Roaring Twenties. But if this is something you could compare to what I've heard about the Roaring Twenties, it must be in the Nordics going out of the pandemics. Mm. You can feel it. You, we had just uh, had a 3,000 people at Friends Arena in Stockholm. It, um, all the uh, managers and everything from housekeeping to chefs, everything, uh, to celebrate uh, going out of the pandemic. And th- it was some... I I've never had that feeling before. So, uh, and remember, we uh, were uh, the biggest in uh, hotel hospitality in the Nordics. Uh, not only the 215 hotels, we had a cruise line company called Hurtiruta or mm. Explorer company. We had a travel company, Wing Spies. Mm. We had a small airline company. Mm. Um, so we were... In restaurants, bars, studieplansgruppen, yeah. yeah, just take night life. Yeah. life, everything. Yeah. We were in the, um, I mean, the perfect storm. So we had to lay off like thousands of people, just hotel companies, probably oh. more than 8,000. And then when you can take all these people back, um, life is going back to normal. So I, and I see it uh, when I go into hotel, people, I mean, they get their life back. Emilia, do you remember those days, the days when this happened, uh, you know, the yeah, it was March actually 2020? March 20. We, we actually, I realized, I think two weeks before the countries shut down. Uh, so we knew a little bit before, I feel like every other people, all the other people in Scandinavia knew, um, because we obviously saw what was happening in the US and in mm. Asia with the trends and everything. And uh, I have a good friend who works in communication who said to me, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but... I'm going to give you one tip, and that goes for all crises when you go through it. You have to write down, like, keep a journal. And I'm not kind of a journal person. Mm. <laughs> I've never written That's a journal. Yeah, but he said, this is, no matter where you work or what you do, it's just a great tip because you, you're going to you're going to forget what you went through, and you're going to only remember uh, wrong pieces because mm. you're going to tweak the reality. Mm. So I actually have 250 days logged from the pandemic every single day. So I remember extremely well what happened. Wow. And it's, yeah, and I'm very happy I got that tips because it's now when things are going back, you, it's so easy to forget because it was, it's the hardest thing I think we will ever go through mm. uh, in our business. Like in hospitality, it can't get any worse. Mm. So uh, it was, uh, it was brutal. Wow. Mm. And every, every single line of business that you're in was affected. 100%. Not, not like mm. by a little, but by almost entirely yeah but it is the absolute worst thing you know people couldn't you weren't allowed to travel Mm. you weren't allowed to meet people our all our businesses depend on me meeting you yeah very if it's it's is it a conference is it a birthday (coughs) is it for work uh is it on a plane you know and now people were you weren't allowed to meet other people so we'll rewind the tape a little bit Mm -hmm. um and uh peter you're the the founder of strawberry Mm -hmm. uh, which is called now um and uh, can you tell me about how that came about? I actually started, I was born and raised in a, literally a grocery store in a small town called Porskrun. 
Um, and uh, I was I was the third generation. I was supposed to take over. Um, but I realized that that was actually my father's dream, not my dream. Mm. You uh, were supposed to take over the store. Yeah, the small grocery store. And uh, literally from when I was born, uh, it was not a decision made by me, made by my father. I love my father. If I have had any heroes, uh, it, he is the only one. So, uh, but when I was 18, 19, I realized that uh, I can't be in this store the rest of my life. So I went to Oslo, the capital. Uh, I went to a school and long story short, uh, at the age of 24, I was the youngest uh, manager or GM of a shopping center, like kind of American mall type of shopping center in uh, Trondheim. And second, at that time, second biggest city in Norway. Um, huge success. And then I ended up at the Stienenström. It's like the Harrods of Norway. I went into bankruptcy in 92. But the most important thing that brought me to the different things in my life was strawberries. Because I loved to work in my father's store. At the age of 12, I loved most of all to sell strawberries at the local marketplace. But you know, the competition was fearless. <laughs> I had four or five competitors and often my berries were a bit smaller. I thought the competition, and so I complained to my father. And one night, uh, he always sat, uh, sat beside me when I went to bed, and I had probably complained a lot. He said, Peter, I, I'll tell you one thing. Sell the berries you have, because those are the only ones you can sell. Meaning, mm. like... From that day, before I let the head uh, at the pillow, uh, the last thing I thought before I went to sleep was, my father is a genius. And I took that philosophy to sell the berries you have with me, and that uh, have helped me a lot, because it's always easy to look at others, oh, if I just had that hotel or that chef, or if I just had that car, that wife, you know? <laughs> it's a never-ending story. Yeah. And, uh, and when we started the hotel company, um, 25 years ago, we didn't have the best hotels, opposite of today. Uh, we are today the number one in the Nordics, but at that time, so we said, it's one thing, we will have the best people. People create magic. So the strawberry philosophy is about people, it's about planet, it's uh, of course about profit as well. It's a kind of umbrella for uh, sustainable new capitalism. And it's also the umbrella for the hotel company. And but that's Emily's uh, thing. <laughs> no, but it's, it's uh, you know, I've grown up with the story and a lot of people in Norway has grown up with the story. And it's surprisingly how often it works, even in the pandemic, you know, we were sitting there and looking at, oh, if we just had that, if that was just mm. coming over, if this um, restriction is being lifted. But you don't. And then you're like, okay, if we have two guests in Oslo this day, two guests, okay, that's the only thing we have, but goddamn, they're going to stay at our hotels. And yeah. we're going to do everything we can. We're going to launch campaigns. We're going to do uh, marketing things at them. We're going to go and get them, you know, mm -hmm. everything. Because Give them it. like a 12 out of 10 <laughs> experience. Exactly. <laughs> no, because it's the only thing you, that, at that time, yeah. it's the only thing you have to work with. They must have had I, an amazing experience. They did have an amazing experience. <laughs> you know what? I still remember in uh, May uh, 2020, we did celebrate because we had 6 million in turnover in a day. And I was coming with a lot of enthusiasm yeah. to the office. It was only four people there. I said, you know what? Today we had six million. And then my uh, good friend and GM for the last 25 years in the hotel company said, Peter, it's unbelievable. You know how much we have in a normal day like this? <laughs> More like 60. Yeah. But, <laughs> so it's, uh, but it, that was actually one of the best things so coming out of the pandemic. <coughs> Sorry. Um, 
we have a hotel called The Thief in Oslo, which mm-hmm. is uh, kind of a five-star hotel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after two years, and we went into the new round of pandemics in January, February. And then they were like, okay, we have no guests. What are we going to do? We need to get them into the hotels. And keep in mind, people have been sitting inside for two years at this point. Mm. And then they launched a marketing campaign saying it's called the thief room arrest where the whole concept went into, oh, you're going to stay at this hotel room and we're going to lock you in here and make it wonderful. And it's sold out. And I was like, yeah, exactly. I was like, what? And it's just a good example of, you know, okay, this is what we have. And this is, we have to do something about it. So that was the, the barriers you had exactly. at the time yeah. when, uh, when it all... It was the rooms. We, we could lock people into a change. But, but seriously, we have the best culture uh, in the Nordics. And uh, if you, you can feel it in the hotels, you can, uh, when you meet people, and um, it, this is like, uh, uh, they can measure it. And, uh, and culture is maybe the most important thing to take you through like crisis like uh, the pandemic because most people think it's cash but it's people it's people mm. that create and build companies mm. and it's also people that take you to your crisis mm. cash is something you need but doesn't uh, make magic mm. how many hotel nights do you stay in a year you in an average year uh, no i bought my an, an apartment in uh, in stockholm but if uh, it's under renovation um <laughs> like quite a few of my hotels right now or emily's hotel right now um so i have normally an average year 175 to 225 i guess hotel nights that's uh, hotel nights so oh that's okay so you almost more than half yeah, yeah. of the nights for sure okay. for sure and um Emilia, mm. um, I wanted to to know, like, <clears throat> was it always a given for you to work in kind of the hospitality industry or the hotel industry, or how how did you think about that since since a young age? Um, no, it wasn't. I mean, um, I think that's one of the good things when you're born into a family that does something really fun. I feel like a lot of parents often put a lot of pressure on their kids mm. to um, to do the exact same thing, like my granddad did to my father. Mm. Um, <clears throat> And for me and my brothers, you know, my dad is smart. He was very like, no, you have to do exactly what you want. But hotels are really fun. <laughs> you know, it was more like, but, but I think it was also I important. I think they are. They <laughs> are. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> no, it's amazing. It's so fun. So it's a very easy choice. But for me, for a long time, and it was important for me personally as well to, mm. you know, okay, I have to go out. I have to get myself an education. I have to work somewhere else because I think I have to learn how to be at the bottom of the food chain mm. <laughs> a little bit. And also... You know, if you work at your own company, you are going to be treated differently, and that's not always healthy. Mm. So, in to not turn into a rat or mm. something that's you know, it's just not healthy for you. I think to start too soon. Well, so, uh, yeah. What was the what was the job you tried? Other. So I went. I w- I was almost nine years abroad, different studies, and I did internships at hotels. I did an internship at a consulting firm, and I actually really liked consulting. So I went into a job at Deloitte when I moved home, and there I got to work with airline companies, with oil companies, with big businesses, with startups. So for me, that was wonderful because I got to test out a lot of mm. different areas, but um. It, it, I ended up at hotels. <laughs> yeah. And what is it that you do at Choice uh, and at Strawberries? Like, what is it your um, so responsibility? So, um, 
I've been going through different departments in the company because I really like working with projects. I think that's a great, that's a consultancy thing, mm. you know. I yeah. like to see something move from A to B and then you go on to something new. But uh, so I worked with a lot of our new hotels. I worked in what we call operations. I helped start one of, uh, or the biggest hotel in Norway. But uh, after the pandemic, an opening came up and now with the whole strawberry process as the VP marketing for Choice. Mm. So... I'm very lucky to be in that position now. And how is co- how is Choice connected to Strawberry? How does that structure look like? So um, it's a little complicated right now, but we the easiest way to say it is that uh, Strawberry is going to be the b- new umbrella company, and it's going to be the new name for the mother brand. So replace Nordic Choice Hotels. Mm. That's well, at least that's how far. <laughs> no, we are creating a new universe for guests. And we will give them a totally new experience. It's like if if somebody gave you the company we have going out of the pandemic. What's the new normal? Mm. What 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 do you really want? And uh, that was something we started in the middle of the crisis because you you can use crisis uh, also to renew yourself, renew the company, and that's exactly what we did. And I think that's the smartest decision we have, uh, we took during the pandemic. And so going out of the pandemic, we were like the number one before, and we decided we will be the number one, doesn't matter how many guests, we will like be the number one uh, throughout the crisis and after mm. going out of the crisis. Uh, we have never seen numbers like we see right now. It's like, it's too good to be true, but it's actually true. So like May was 40% over May 19. June looks like wow. I had the numbers this morning, looks the same. And the profit is above everything we expected. This is too good. <laughs> so, but, uh, and we will do start the process to totally change the whole company. Uh, and I think Emily is lucky. She's, uh, she's lucky to be like um, in a company that starts that process. And it, because I think you will learn a lot. Uh, and you will see how it, uh, you change a company with 17,000 employees. Mm. It's like more evolution than the revolution. And I think it's um, for Strawberry as well, you know, the com- our ambition. And it's it's interesting because for a hotel company, you think that a lot of people travel a lot, but then you also have a, a lot of people who don't. And our challenge is, okay, how do you become more relevant for people? How do you get them to talk about you a little bit more? Mm. How do they? How do you get them to like you a little bit more? Mm. How do you become more relevant in their everyday life? And if you're Klarna, that's easy because you have to pay for stuff every day <laughs> or every week <laughs> but a hotel company it's it's a different challenge and it's a very fun challenge and we have so many synergies we have so many possibilities we have so many ways we can make people's life easier and better and more fun so, so not only people traveling but also people who are like yeah, staying in their city exactly so <coughs> it's a it's a world of opportunities that we're opening up and uh, what is it like to work with family yeah, are there, <laughs> more, are there more family members involved <laughs> as well or yeah, yeah, my, yeah both my brothers both are, your brothers yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to start? <laughs> no, it's absolutely fantastic <laughs> for all of us. Right answer. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is, I can't see one negative thing uh, to have your three kids working with you. And you know what? They never ask you, why did you do this? Why did you take this decision? It's going, it's going way too slow. And that's, it's fantastic to have dinner. You talk about everything without talking about hotels or the opposite. 
Oh, exactly. No, but it's uh, it's amazing. I'm I know like because <laughs> you tried both. You also tried other jobs for yourself. Yeah, but that I was think way more boring. Yeah, yeah, it was more boring. <laughs> no, but I think you're very lucky. You have to respect uh, the challenges and you have to respect you know the dynamic dynamics. Mm. Um, but we are lucky because we actually enjoy hanging out with each other outside mm. work mm. and we also been strategic and a little smart about it. So we don't work too close with each other. We are, everyone is in their kind of own lane, if you want to say so. Mm. But uh, so far, so good. Mm. I think that's important because you have three kids. They're obviously in, uh, different. And one is working in the news hotel we open in Oslo, Sommeru. And one is uh, working with um, our listed investments uh, like capital, uh, strawberry capital and strawberry equity. Uh, so he works also with like companies like Ving, mm. Hurtiruta, and those uh, and those kind of companies. Uh, and Emily works in the operation for the hotel company. I think that's good. Yeah. And then he's the boss of everything, you know. <laughs> what do you call yourself? What's your title? Chief Strawberry. Uh, yeah, Chief no, strawberry yeah, no. Uh, I don't have a title actually, uh, but uh, founder maybe. Yeah. I, that's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, both of you are also well-known personalities in Scandinavia, uh, at least. And um, you've been in TV shows. You were in a, in a Norwegian military boot camp, I, I, I think you told me. Uh, Did very well. Yeah, yeah. I Did very well. I, I was uh, impressed, even <laughs> though I was against it from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, why? Uh, I it, It's a kind of reality, but it's very. Uh, I, I, it's one of the most popular programs in Norway. And I must admit, I was wrong. It was, uh, Emily did really well, and uh, I was quite impressed. I didn't tell Emily that I was so impressed, but I was quite impressed. But I feel even if we've been, you know, we're doing interviews and we're on TV shows, but it's always been linked. I think our policy is always, it's always linked to our business. So I think that's why we were a little skeptical because this was Mm. not linked to business. Mm. But uh, someone once told me, you know, when you go through, um, if you have a business or you're a leader and you go through a crisis, people start to work out to, you know, Vasalöppe or Marshalonga or Mm. something. So I kind of say that this was my this was my ah, pandemic. this is your the big was, child. This was my yeah exactly. <laughs> but but <laughs> when this, when Emily made the decision, uh, the whole family did support her and they yeah. trained her during the summer, so she was very well prepared. Yeah. So everybody was. Uh, I mean, we will have your back. I also want to I also want to talk and touch upon uh, your entrances, which I love. <laughs> you did one in a disco ball. Yeah, that was in uh, an opening of Post Hotel in Gothenburg. Yeah. I've done every shit you can imagine. <laughs> you also did a cartridge on stage. Yeah, yeah. and I've done like Houdini's water torture cell. Yeah. So I, in front of 3,000 people, I I did this uh, water thing. You ran I mean, down a building? Yeah, I ran down a building. You ran down a building? Yeah, I, uh, oh. 78 meters high without any security thing. Head, head first. Does this come natural to you, or is this like deliberate? No, to be honest, uh, you know, when after I opened like 50, 60 hotels, the media is, uh, is they are not. They don't want to write no, about the 60. No, like okay, it's Peter's Hotel number sixty-two. But if it's a chance, he do something spectacular, and if something goes wrong, that will be like. And sometimes it goes wrong, like when we opened uh, Malmö oh, live yeah. in Malmö. I was supposed to go directly from a boat in my tuxedo. It was a jet ski. Yeah, a jet ski. A super fast one. Uh, actually, I bought it from the world champion in uh, jet ski, the Brit. Uh, so it's it built in Kevlar. Super, the and jet ski was? Yeah, oh. and it's really fast. Think really fast. And we, we tested this once and it went perfect. 
But of course, yeah. everything changed. It was 10,000 people. It was live. He was going to jump off the jet yeah. ski. So I should like jump uh, higher the ramp. Um, oh, from the water? <laughs> yeah. From the water to come up because it was four or five meters <laughs> up. And then uh, they asked, Peter, are you going to wear uh, some helmet? I said, no. I remember still, I said, Do you, have you seen James Bond wearing a helmet? <laughs> <laughs> or Tom no, Cruise? No. So no helmet, tuxedo. I went way too fast because it was adrenaline. I didn't. Uh, so, and I realized the speed is too high. I will not only jump up, I will pass the whole <laughs> ship. So I had to jump off. And that, if you see, that's my thumb. So I, I did fell on the concrete. Shit bad. Oh my God. So instead in of like... In a tuxedo. Yeah. In a tuxedo. So uh, we had to change the title because this was on YouTube. Uh, so it was the biggest ass plant this year. And I'm always, I was actually there at that time and I was standing with his jacket because he was going to change. And I remember every time we have openings, me and my brothers are just like, is this going to be the time when he actually like dies? <laughs> and that time I it's was... it's going to be at an opening. No, sure. yeah, yeah, 100%. We were like, there's no question about it. He's going to he's gonna go down with one of the hotels. But, um, but that time I was standing next to him and I was like, oh, th- that's it. That, that was it. <laughs> that's, that was a great way to go. <laughs> and this, this is on YouTube? Yeah, it is on YouTube. <laughs> Everything okay. these days is on YouTube. <laughs> what went through your mind? What you were like? What you were no, no. Uh, you protect your head. No. Try to fall on uh, the side because uh, and um, if you faint or if thing goes shit bad, uh, Emily has to take the opening speech. <laughs> um, so no, uh, you don't think too much. It's seconds. Yeah, and you have to make a decision. More often than not, I often find that there's not a direct flight to where you want to go, which means spending a lot of time in airports. And um, you probably know that checking in luggage also usually means that you have to spend even more time waiting. And uh, I learned the hard way that you should have enough time to check in your bag. And last year, in 2022 alone, I found that I spent more than 40 hours waiting in airports, which made me think about what to do with all that time. And American Express has many benefits to save you time, but one of my favorites is that with the American Express Platinum Card, you get access to their partner lounges at selected airports. So for example, in the Amex Lounge at Arlanda Airport, you and your guest get a free breakfast or lunch or dinner from their chef's daily menu and a private area away from the busy cafes and restaurants. So visiting the lounge just once per month probably takes you to the value of almost the entire membership fee without counting the other benefits. So if the next time you travel want more comfort while waiting, read more about the Platinum Card in the description below or on the American Express website. I'm also interested in, I think this is connected to um, you know how... Um, how you use social media because you're you're big there you do the i love mondays clips yeah. every week uh which i love is that something that comes natural like when did you start to become big on social media you know this was not planned but i started very early and i was quite honest it you can see my dog my girlfriend family and then the monday thing was that i went to a program called Mix Mega Pool and they had been talking about oh no it's Friday it's fantastic and Friday it's just like the worst day of the week yeah, I mean then so you sad. have Saturday Sunday is by far the most boring day and then Monday I love Mondays and then I made the first I love Mondays 
Uh, and then uh, I did one more, and I think that was it. And then everybody said, eh, what's the next one? I know it's going on for like four years. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Mondays. I love everything that, start, uh, that starts up. I love everything that's uh, like new. So, uh, but I, I, I mean, Emily's way better than me on the social media thing. Um, and way more professional. Um, but I think you can use your platform also in a good way, not only for fun. Mm. Like we had a, a brutal uh, thing, a terror attack in Oslo just a few days ago, and we are the biggest sponsor to Pride, uh, to the gay community, and we have uh, been that for many years. And uh, for me to use the platform to be very vocal about uh, what we believe in. Um, uh, and I have used uh, my social media to be very vocal about a lot of things. It, everything from pay your goddamn taxes, uh, don't move to tax havens, uh, uh, diversity is important, and all these things. Uh, so I think, uh, but you need, uh, you can't only have those kind of things you need to have some fun you need to have some dogs mm. you need to do some thing that's funny yeah but I, otherwise yeah. you get bored yeah. Yeah. but uh, but I and I don't agree I think my dad has been I think he has been exceptional at this he's much better than me than social media because I think you, he was so early he was a little bit of Richard Branson type you know mm. that dared to like do do something new and to show that side of himself that, that not many business people did at the time. When was this? About? I think you started when Instagram came yeah. out almost. Oh. Yeah. It was wow. in the beginning. So, early, it was yeah, yeah. so for me, it's different because I'm a much, I'm much more guarded. Uh, I have a much more professional <laughs> relationship to it. No, but it's, it's, and that's not always a good thing. You know, I no. wish sometimes I could be more open about it. And it's, I think that's a tricky thing to make, especially because Instagram is such an influential and it's very like creative and it's inspiring place. Mm. How does the business fit into it? Mm. And I think that's a little, it's a tricky thing. And I think my dad is doing extremely well. Yeah, I think he's one of the few people who actually managed to break that code. You should start doing the Monday videos in English. Yeah. Yeah. I should start to After do a lot this. of things in After English. <laughs> After this, this is the big, so I'm, I'm, big break. I'm better in Norwegian or Swedish. <laughs> Going on to the international stage. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> uh, For me, it's it's the Nordics. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, and uh, regarding the the social media, like uh, you know, creatorship around the business, I, I think that's very interesting mm -hmm. as well because you know, especially in hospitality, yeah, you, it's people meeting people, being mm -hmm. inspired by other people, seeing what they're doing. I mean, if you're a social extrovert person, that's like, you know, the dream kind Ex of industry. Mm. How are you thinking about it with uh, with choice? Are you like working with influencers? Uh, you know, how, what is, yeah. how does that work? I think that's also one of the cool things about Strawberry that we're going to expand that universe a lot. Um, but it's, uh, we work with, yeah, we work with influencers at the hotels because it's huge. You know, we have 200 hotels. Yeah. So it's influencers, it's content creators, it's video, like uh, <coughs> photographers, you know, you have everything. But I think we're going to professionalize that uh, part a little bit more when we go into Strawberry. And I also think, you know, it's an interesting shift in social media right now because a lot of influencers are brands. They're their own mm. companies. And I think it's a little strange, you know, that uh, a lot of companies like us, we are always put to a standard with how green are you? Uh, how, what's your take on diversity? Uh, with the suppliers. Yeah, yeah. with everything, <coughs> with yeah. our customers, with suppliers, yeah. with guests. And... I don't see how that world is not going to come into the influencer world mm. when we collaborate as brands. Mm. 
uh, it's always like, okay, but how, what do you do for the environment? And I feel like that's missing on Instagram mm. and a lot of people right now. Mm. And I, I just have a hunch that that's the future. So I think we have to professionalize who we work with, um, how we work with them, you know, the requirements that we set as a company as well. Because influencers, it's a great channel. They reach so many people. It's very organic. Mm. It's honest. It's fun. But uh, I think it's just an interesting shift in Instagram right now. I think that's it's very interesting because, you know, if you take an influencer, they're both a brand but a, also a person. Exactly. It's like how, how professional should one be? Like, I, I guess some people I know, they want to be the person sometimes. They want to be the brand sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, and it's a hard, you can't always separate them, even though yeah. you want to. <clears throat> so yeah. I, we 100% work with it. It's a, it's a great channel. Mm. It's an organic channel. It's a very trustworthy one if you do it right. Mm. But I think the, the whole environment there is going to shift a little bit for the better. Mm. How, uh, I've thought about this, how, how common is it that they reach out to, you know, want to get a night free to get, oh, it, I, I feel like a booking agent. Like yeah. I could honestly <laughs> say, like my dad, all of our closest friends. I'm yeah. like, I could stop working tomorrow and be. I can show you ten things today. And I was at breakfast at that six today, and then <laughs> this guy shows up to my table and says, "Peter, we are going for lunch today. Do you have any recommendations?" And I said, "Yes, I would go there today. <laughs> could you book it?" And I said, well, so, <laughs> he's like, uh, "Sure." I didn't want to t explain to him that uh, tonight <laughs> we have twenty-four thousand people coming into the hotels. <laughs> But the thing is, for that person that came up to that table, he doesn't think about the 24,000 other people. No. He just know me from social media. He feels he know me. Yeah. And he, for him, it's like natural. Okay, he, of course, he will be very happy. <laughs> I will eat in his restaurants yeah. or in Stuart Kippen's restaurants. And that's why you need to treat everybody uh, very well. Like... Uh, Always, be, um, I have like a philosophy, like always be nice to strangers. Mm. And that's helped me a lot. It's like always employee people are better than yourself. Mm. And all these things I think is important um, because if people in my company see I do it, they will do it. It's not never like say it's not my table. Yeah. As long as so a guest asks you, it's your table, fix it. And if they see even Petter does that, they will do it. Mm. It's like show, don't tell. And I, I think this is, you know, a lot of people see a media persona of my dad and, you know, they have an impression of him. But I think this is by far his best quality as a human. Uh, he's so interested. He's so genuine. And you are, that's a, it's just one of those things I really, I always admire how extremely kind you are and how interested you are in everyone's lives. I mean, if you're a farmer or a taxi driver, my dad is like, oh, you drive there. Oh, you're from, uh, you're from Iran. I've been there uh, five <laughs> times. Did you live in that? Oh, that village of hiked there. Oh, do you know that mountain? That's great. I'm like, how? Like, and you know all these things and you have these conversations because you are genuinely interested in people. And that's why I also think you're good at this business. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> it would be a hard business to run if you would be an introvert. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, sitting at home and uh, reading <laughs> Wikipedia. It's the same with you, though, Gustav. I don't think you could work as, an, uh, as a media company. And <laughs> well, like, I tried the other types of jobs, similar yeah. to, to the ones you had before, um, and uh, realized that it took me a bit longer, but uh, yeah, definitely. I, I also. We're I, retired corporate rats. Yeah, yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> um, then I also wanted to go into where. We're in hotels. We're in uh, traveling. Um, I wanted to ask both of you. You can't say the same place, 
I wanted to ask you about your favorite hotel. You can say one within Strawberry, one without. Okay. One outside. <laughs> okay. It can be anywhere in the world. Okay. You can start, Emily, because it gives me some time to... Okay. Yeah. Um, within Strawberry, it's very hard. It's like choosing between, you know, all your favorites. <laughs> but uh, Between your kids, which yeah. you could do. Which you could <laughs> do, yeah. yeah. Hundred, my yeah. dad 100% does it. <laughs> he has favorites. We yeah. turn. We <laughs> rotate. <laughs> um, I think um, within Strawberry, 100% um, Sunken Lodge in Svalbard. For me, it's oh, Svalbard. Svalbard, that's yeah. very cool. I've never it's, been there. It's, an, it's such a unique place. It's just nowhere like it. Oh, I always... It's like polar bears. Yeah, yeah, polar it's bears. Yeah. Um, it's kind of... It sounds so strange, but when you land in Longyearbyen, it kind of reminds you of Las Vegas because it's kind of like this empty, empty, empty mm-hmm. nothing. And then suddenly you have a little small town. And casinos. And no casinos, <laughs> but it looks like you are on the moon and then suddenly you wow. have a city here. And then beautiful nature. It's just so unique. So that's... Funkin um, Lodge in Svalbard, wonderful. And then outside Strawberry, I... I think I would say the silo in Cape Town. Yeah, I've been there. You've been there? Yeah. yeah. Just because of the design is just... So cool. Yeah. Like, nothing like it. Oh. And for me, my absolute favorite is the yet to be opened. Uh, it's in Oslo. It's called Sommero. Because it's the most challenging hotel we have ever done. Um, and we have done quite a lot of shit. We did build a hotel, uh, literally we bought airspace in Stockholm and did build the biggest hotel uh, on the top of four uh, highways, uh, Claren Hotel Stockholm. But Sommeru was a conversion of a listed building into a unique hotel where the ambitions was if this had been built uh, as a hotel, not as uh, like the headquarter to uh, an energy company back in 20s, the 2030s, uh, how would it look like? And we decided to take two of the best designers in the world and make magic. So everything I believe in in hotels, like bars, restaurants, rooftops, everything is in that hotel. And it's a kind of sum up everything we have done. And it will be a unique hotel. You have never seen a hotel like that ever in your life. And I will never do it again. I had this one chance in my life. This is a flagship. It's uh, it's something that will define Strawberry uh, for the next uh, two decades. Opening in September. Opening in <laughs> September. Yeah. Commercial. Wow. And, and, and it's the only hotel that wow. actually we had, uh, we have overrun the budget, like, uh, so we will end up with an unprecedented price per key that's never heard of in Europe ever. It's not the first time we've no 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 not the first. But this is like (laughs) this is something completely new. Yeah, it's true. And um, outside strawberry, it's very easy. I will pick. uh, It's not because it's the most beautiful hotel. It's not the most fantastic resort, but it defines hotels for me. And that's Saint Gerard in the Mauritius, one and only Saint Gerard. Emily was literally born there. Um, We have been there every year. Uh, from the beginning, first with just Emily, so the other kids, the family, and the last year we were there, we were 50 people, a big family. And and then uh, it's just because I love the hotel, not because of all the stories we have together, but the people. Even when before they renovated the hotel, I just love the people. They had like something that I've never seen before. And um, so that will be the hotel. Outside Strawberry. If, the, if you would have a favorite, favorite travel destination, is that Mauritius or Ibiza? No, um, <laughs> no, no. I have traveled a lot uh, and I would probably, 
if I on my bucket list is to have a horseback riding uh, on uh, in Argentina, uh, never. And I would probably go back to Karakurum Highway uh, into uh, the like up uh, Himalayas from the Pakistan side of uh, Himalayas into like uh, the Taklamakan Desert. I did that in '86, and I would love to do that again to see uh, how much has changed. Uh, and it's, uh, I think, um, it was exciting in '86, and it will be even more exciting. So I'll be do that again. Wow! And for you, it's um, not as um, extreme. But <laughs> <laughs> horseback riding in horseback Pakistan. Riding, exactly, horseback <laughs> riding. In, um, um, no, um, for me, it's. Uh, I know it's a continent, but for me, it's Africa. I, uh, it's my, f- like, except the Nordic splits, Nordic is always going to be my favorite, but uh, it's just something about the nature, the people, the culture, everything. South Africa is... And we it. were uh, in Africa together when you were 12. I know, we went alone, actually, me and my dad. Ah. He, um, he, uh, he said... South to Africa? We went to Kenya and mm. Tanzania, and we mm. went to, uh, we were there with Plan. Um, mm. So we visited a refugee camp. We got lost at the refugee camp. We were in a fire. We were in a fire. Big fire. Big bushfire. In so Kenya. In Kenya, yeah. Mm, huge. All the all the guests drove away. My dad was like, "No, this we need to see." So we were the only guest thing <laughs> driving towards. <laughs> and yeah. my mom still doesn't know this. So we we got lost in the refugee camp in the slum in Nairobi. We were in oh. the fire. My mom doesn't oh. know any of this. Wow. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. So um, when I look back, it was a lot of decisions I uh, <laughs> should have done different today. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's yours? Um, favorite travel destination? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think it's uh, Los Angeles. Oh, uh, really? Wow. Yeah, and I like having it because it's a lot of people don't like it. I know. Yeah, yeah. But it's for me, it's a place that really grows on you. Like you don't like. First time I went there, I didn't get it immediately. But the more time I spent in the car, <laughs> the, <laughs> the more time I spent, the, the more I liked it. Actually, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. Huh. Um, on my bucket list, South America. I haven't done South America. Same. So, it's uh, on my bucket list uh, as well. Argentina, probably. Oh, the Pampas. The Pampas. Just imagine going there with a huge stallion over the Pampas. Uh, is that Argentina? Yeah. Oh. Do you usually go horseback riding? Or Not at all. But I love it. <laughs> yeah, but I, love it. Yeah, I feel it's super dangerous, but I love it. It's yeah. just a feeling sitting on a big stallion going like in full throttle. Yeah. Is that... Uh, the opening for your next hotel? No, I would never take a <laughs> horse on the stage. <laughs> Even the stage is uh, big enough, I wouldn't do it. Already, because of the horse. You already planned the entrance for the... Samaru? Uh, Samaru. No, we will... We, we, Emily have some plans, that's the thing, and she's the uh, <laughs> next generation, so okay. she'll probably be very involved. Uh. And uh, it will not be like fancy jackets or... Uh, <laughs> that's not put no, that on no, me. No. It's not... No. I'm happy about it. But, you know, after a pandemic, I'm like, oh, we need our dad to stick around for a little longer. Yeah. So <laughs> we, have some, we have some curfew rules. We have some new rules. <laughs> but I love what you said about uh, speaking of the pandemic and coming out of it, how, how you know... It's almost like a person going through a very tough time in their life. You come out in the very end of this challenging time as a 2.0. Mm. That must be, yeah. I guess, the feeling now that you know, you're know you way stronger exactly. than before this happened. It's like a V-shape, um, yeah. we call it, uh, recovery. Yeah, and then you, you, I mean, most people thought uh, we would never manage to go through like a year. We went through two years and sitting here today, 
over financial as uh, are today as strong as they were before the pandemic. Okay, we have sold a few assets, but we did support all the major companies we were invested in. Everybody. It didn't matter for me if we own 10% or 100%. We did support all the companies throughout the two years in the pandemic. And I'm very proud to say that all the companies today are will be stronger and are still the same like uh, we will be better than ever. But we have changed the companies like Hurtruta. We bought in the pandemic, we bought like a new destination at Galapagos. We did order new ships. And it's at Ving, new destinations, new hotels. And that's over in Strawberry. If you have a DNA, the DNA has always been growth, expansion, new stuff, new things, challenge ourselves. And I'm proud that we never lost like um, the culture, the people and the DNA. Um, that was the thing that made us successful. And I think that will, will be even more important in the future. People didn't know in the beginning of the pandemic how long it would, you know, last. And I mean, <laughs> I couldn't sleep. I was hard to sleep. I, Did you think that you know what I've built during all these years might come to an end? Or? I, of course, my balance sheet in uh, Swedish was forty billion, uh, approximately like four billion uh, euro or yeah. dollar. Um, so, and I had not only the 215 hotels, we had at that time 20 hotels uh, that was supposed to open either oh. under construction or just, uh, just, uh, about to finish. Um, and it's an extreme, um, uh, sport to both like take down, um, lay off people, open new hotels. Um, and we still kept like thousands of people, um, even if we maybe should have laid off more. I thought it was important to keep as many people as possible because that's the culture and that's the most important asset we have. It's not on the balance sheet, but it's still the most important thing we have. And for me, I was not afraid that I should go like bankrupt because we had a lot of asset to sell. I, I could sell quite a few things. But it is more that I felt I had failed for all the people because every year we had been... Uh, planning to have more people and so I felt I it's my fault and how could I like end up I they have believed in me and now I I say sorry you can't work here mm. it's and that's brutal it was not that I lost tons of money because that's more technical the most brutal thing by far was to lay off friends like people that had worked for me for 10 years we had the headquarter in also headquarter in Sweden, we did take half the people in like matter of weeks. But it, at the same time, I had a lot lot of support. I mean, people we laid off did send me emails, videos. Peter, we believe in you. Keep on fighting. You will be back. And that was way more important than all the articles. I think I had some thousand articles about me supposed to go down. But one guy told me, you know what? You have seen the Rocky movie? Yes. You know what people love? If you are, he is counted down at eight, nine, and then he raise up again, and he will be more likable. But I think the pandemic have changed me forever. Yeah. I, 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 it has uh, changed me. I'm, I'm more humble. I mean, humble is last word you would uh, think the relative about. relative word. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I'm more humble and because I w was one of the few that realized what makes you happy. 
and what makes me happy is to go into the headquarters every morning when I see these black doors open into that old building and meet all my colleagues, go into the hotel today, see the people here, meet Nasarat talk. And uh, so I realized I will not lose that. That's my life. That's your passion. And even though I'm 59, uh, and the second thing that the pandemic did to me, which is good for me, not that good for Emily and uh, other uh, kids maybe, it gave me another 15 years. (laughs) Because I need like a few more years to prove that we will be back stronger and bigger than ever. So right now we are making decisions about new hotels, new concepts, that's why we will uh, introduce the strawberry universe and i hope if my kids uh, take one thing if i by accident should uh, get a brick on my head or something they i hope they uh, take all the philosophies the values and realize that it's not about money it's about people yeah but i think that's also i think it's a it's a good summary how you know um we are mm. one of the biggest employers in Norway and Sweden, the mm. companies that hire most people. And often How people many people work seven. in total? A hotel company is 17,000. A Ving for 5,000. Hurtruta for 5,000. Sturbanskuppen, another thousand. So it's, and you know, it's also about the people who start to work there. It's often people, you know, students who get their first yeah. job, people who move <coughs> into the country for the first time who get their first job. They might not have an education. Exactly. And you see that with the immigration crisis we had mm. in 2015 or what's happening now in Ukraine, mm. one of the most <coughs> important things for them to actually be incorporated into society to, it's to get a job. So yeah. we have a bigger uh, responsibility as a hotel company, much more, much bigger than I think people realize because mm. a lot of people think, oh, it's fun and it's uh, restaurants and mm. openings. But it's actually a huge corporate responsibility we have. And during it's integration. The pa- it's integration. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's how the community works. How do you get people into work? How do you get them to get to learn Norwegian, Swedish? Mm. And I think during the pandemic, that's what it's so hard. Because if you work with krill or you work with uh, iron or gas, yeah, it's money and it's horrible. But for us, it's people. Mm. I just want to add one thing which is very important. Because most people think the worst virus ever was the corona. You would think so, right? The um, correct answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the second thing would be like we had a cyber attack, which was also a virus from Russian hackers that shut down everything in the hotels. We did never close, not one minute. When was even this? December. December. Oh, wow. Even the, all it's the consultants uh, said, close down. We didn't close one second. Even Google and Wall Street Journal did write about it. That's not my point. Those two viruses is not the most dangerous virus I see. The most dangerous virus right now is polarization. You see it in the States. You see it even in the Nordics. You saw it in Oslo. It's them and us. I think that's the most, the biggest challenge we have. We need to, uh, I want to work and defend the Nordic model, which is trying to include everybody. We will take care of you if, if you are sick or if you go into pension. And I think the system we have in the Nordics is the best in the world. I might be wrong, but it's very good. And I want to defend it because what I see is the polarization is starting to come into the Nordics. And I think that's super dangerous. It divides us. We don't need like walls. We need people to talk together. In Total company, we have 175 
different nationalities. We are the UN uh, about uh, um, among the companies in the Nordics. And we are super proud of the diversity of all the people there. I give a shit if you don't speak Swedish or Norwegian, you can still work in my hotel. And it, we have been an important part to change the rules because before we couldn't have people if they couldn't speak Norwegian or Swedish or Danish. Mm. Today, the, it's people here in this hotel that doesn't understand or speak Swedish yeah. or Norwegian. They speak Spanish, yeah. English. They even some even speak Mandarin, and I love it. It must be one of the best ways for them to learn the local language because you meet 100%. local yeah. people. Yeah. And where did you learn it? You yeah. would, most people doesn't get very motivated to go to a, a school, school yeah. or something. But in your workplace, you learn it fast. Mm. And if you need help, you get help from your colleagues. Mm. And you, yeah, if I, I can imagine, if I would learn a language in the country, the best place would be to be a server or working in the service yeah. industry in, in one yeah. way or another. Yeah. You could be at re- good at the reception as well. I saw <laughs> it when I entered this room. It was the first time we met. <laughs> a good smile, positive <laughs> attitude, friendly and good looking, good stories, yeah, okay, open-minded. No, no, no. You could be a could perfect... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe next time I'll be yeah. a booking agent and you work in yeah, the reception. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to end with, you know... Um, you come out of the the pandemic now and uh like what's the vision both for strawberry but also for you personally like what what's next for you now we want to be a part of the change it's easy to think it doesn't matter what we do but nobody can do everything to fight climate change or to fight the uh, the virus i described but if everybody does something we will we will manage to uh, to solve the climate uh, problem and we will manage to solve the problem with polarization. Um, and I want that Strawberry will be an active part in that. Um, that's uh, why I said uh, tax is the cost of a civilization. And um, it was a race in the in Europe to, about taxes to race against zero. But tax will, that's the, cost of a civilization and it it financed uh, the society we have in the Nordics. So we have a lot of fights we will take part in, which is not about hotel. It's about uh, the countries I love, uh, the society I love, and I will fight for it. The Nordic model. The Nordic model. And I think with the with strawberry for me, you know, it's extremely inspiring to be able to do this when you're still so young and mm. be see and learn how do you how do you take these fights? What fights are the important ones? And I think we are in a very unique place, our company, and with, uh, with the people we have with us who love to change there. All our employees are at Nordic Choice or Strawberry because they believe in this. And I think we have such a unique opportunity to say, okay, uh, like I said in the beginning, how do you become more relevant for people? What, how do you become more relevant for people in everyday life? Why, why are you, should you be important? How do you like us more? How do you talk about us more? So um, how can we get rewards and benefits that work better in restaurants and clubs and mm. uh, whatever it is, you know. So I think, and I think because we are in the Nordics, we're in a smaller market if you compare it to the world. So we have a unique position to be, to try new stuff and mm. to see, okay, how can we change the hotel? How can we change up the hospitality industry? Mm. Would metaverse be a thing? Metaverse is interesting. I uh, I haven't like, <laughs> it's, you never say never, yeah. but um, yeah, sure. A hotel in the metaverse. <laughs> I don't. Do you know what the metaverse is? 
Meta-univers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why you, yes. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm soon, I mean, that's your Good. field, I, not mine. I, like, I, like, I, I no always idea. employ uh, <laughs> Peter better than myself, include my kids. They yeah, that's why I yeah. Yeah. Would you stay at a hotel in the I probably will yeah. one day, but one day. I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you are looking at me. I, this is a conversation <laughs> and I don't know anything about. Yeah. I'll keep it. I'll, I'll write it down. I'll uh, keep it yeah. posted. I want to yeah. be there at the, at the at opening. The opening. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> Emilia and Peter, thank you so much for uh, for being here and uh, sharing your stories. Uh, it's been uh, It's been amazing to hear you coming out of the pandemic and uh, all the amazing things you have uh, planned here. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you.